I'm not exactly breaking the laws of time, but I am bending them a little. Live from Planet 14, this is Doctor Who Podshot. This is Doctor Who Podshock, episode 53 for the week of, uh, what's it going to be? Jeez, it's going to be September by the time we get this bad boy out. September The 3rd or 4th? No. Oh, fourth. I don't know. It's sometime Insert date there. here. <laughs> Insert date. <laughs> My name is Ken Deep, along with Louis Trapani, and across Hello. the pond, Mr. James Norton. Hello. And joining us from across the pond... Lewis. Is Seb Seb Brook, right? Sebastian? Or would you like Seb? Which is um Seb's good for me. It's fine, nice and sure. Alright, Seb is um with Doctor Who Online. Hello. <laughs> the webmaster and uh, we've had a bit of a partnership going with him for some time now, so it's always good to have you on board, mate. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's good to be on board. So then we're going to jump straight into news this week, as we always do. You know the pod shock format by now. And kind of, uh, well, we're recording this uh, quite in advance, but uh, there's a, a very light news week, so you can expect this segment to last, I don't know, probably about half an hour, as is the par when we have uh, very few stories, but hey, what can you do about it? And this is, of course, um, news about uh, the possibility of a uh, Rose spin-off. It was um, in the pipeline, so we understand, for quite some time before being uh, axed or rejected. I don't know quite how you um, you want well, to all, phrase it. I in suppose. all fairness, we don't really know how far along this this you know uh, project got. You know, we, for all we know, it was just. A rumor, or it was uh, spoken about, but uh, uh, Russell T. Davies mentioned it in the latest Doctor Who Monthly. Isn't that the case? I yeah, it's actually so. commissioned. I think it was actually commissioned, wasn't it, by uh, BBC Wales? But then he uh, Russell actually uh, pulled the stops at the last minute before the ball, the ball was rolling. Yeah, because I think I so quote sticks in my mind. I think I read it on the BBC website somewhere that he said that he actually lost a lot of money due to it. I think or something along right. those lines. Um, I think it was in because it was on the that I just found it by surfing around on the BBC website initially, um, and it was taught, he, he was. Um, mentioning all about how they it was definitely going into production and they kind of briefly mentioned it to Billy Piper um, but hadn't said anything um, for definite and it was just about to go into production and then I think that they uh, they decided against it for whatever reason well obviously she's I think um, I know I heard a little bit about Russell was a bit worried about overkill, about, um, you know, maybe there being too much Doctor Who, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I think I think that that was one of the other uh, reasons. I think it was an executive decision that he actually wanted to slow the uh, slow the reins down on that one. Well, and, and I'm glad he did, because I've been very critical of, of the whole spin-off phenomenon uh, mm -hmm. here on the show, uh, in, in particular with Doctor Who, because I, I'm 
it's it's something that's the closest to my heart. But we've seen it happen with Star Trek and Stargate and many of these other shows that they spin and spin and spin, and then either the original gets ignored or gets watered down. The the spinoffs are never uh, you know are not held to the same high standard as the original, and and in the end the whole thing comes crashing down, and you get a you get this um, this situation where there's uh, high supply and low demand, and <clears throat> it just runs itself into the ground. And I'm I'm very I'm pleased this show didn't go off you know get off the ground. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, Ken was. I think we said something. We named it uh, Stargate Syndrome or something, where they <laughs> yeah. just like to have so many. Which, by the way, in the news department, Stargate SG One has been cancelled. Yes, just as a kind of. And I'm I'm, I'm not one to dance on on anyone's grave about it, but to be honest with you, I, you know. We well, didn't see a, that I had coming. A, a long run, wasn't it? Ten seasons or something? Yeah, yeah a long time, a long time. So, um, but I was alarmed to hear that um, we, we had a bit of a conversation going out on a, in our forums about it. I was alarmed to hear that uh, Stargate Atlantis now is actually more popular than SG One. I was, I just thought that was interesting, uh, something which would have never have occurred to me. Because the well, Sci-Fi Channel started to get a bit of a name for itself as the the Stargate Channel, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, it's like the, they used to joke about the History Channel that it was the Hitler Channel because they always seemed to run specials about Nazi Germany. Well, it's the same and, and thing. The Discovery with the, Channel was the Shock Channel. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's 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 a certain point where, you know, you have to pull the reins in, and 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 on both the Sci-Fi Channel and with Russell T Davies. Uh, well, you know, it now was seems to be the time. originally going to be um, a 90-minute special. Russell T. Davies said it was going to be fantastic, and it was going to be called uh, Rose Tyler, Earth Defense, he told The Mirror. And, but then he just thought, no, it spoils Doctor Who, and if we can, you know, if we can see Rose and the Doctor, you know, and the Doctor can't. So, you know, anyway, so it was going to be a 90-minute special, which I guess would lead into a new series. And Well, um, I, I also called, think that not enough time has passed since oh, her departure yeah, for agree. us to be like oh great rose is back you know i don't you know yeah. well as you said with all these spin-offs you know it, we're left dizzy being fans yeah. <laughs> spinning well, here we, spinning there we want them to continue the the hard work on the the mocks of balhoon a spin-off that they've been working on you know I mean, like, <laughs> at what point do we stop at what point does this come to you know well, a lot of fans are advocating an adric spin-off third extra from the left <laughs> spin-off yeah we yeah or Adam, well, Adam, the Wonder Years. You're like, you know, what are we going to do? But I think the tendency is is that it's very easy to get excited about Doctor Who because no matter what anybody says, it has been a phenomenal success. I think greater mm. than anyone could have ever have imagined. And of course, and now they want to bleed it dry, James. But that the that's it. That's the whole. Uh, my whole point is that um, I got it's it. very easy. To, it, to just get overexcited, you know. The Adam spin-off's gonna be called Intel Inside. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was an Adam computer at one time made by ColecoVision, but that's another story altogether. <laughs> Louis Trapani, when you clicked your fingers. Did it work when you clicked your fingers? Did it did it boot up after that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, okay. it actually fell apart when you clicked your fingers. <laughs> I, I, I saw. I was actually contemplating getting it at the time. This was early '80s, and I saw it in one of the stores. And the keys were actually coming off the keyboard. And I said, "No, this is not a good sign." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go. We're, we're in the news, and, and we've mentioned that the the Rose spinoff has uh, has uh, been halted. What other news stories do we have? 
Well, I think that uh, Seb should report on the next news story because obviously uh, I found out about this off of uh, Doctor Who Online, so I think it's only fair that uh, he should report on it himself because he, uh, off air, he gave was um, kind of a, uh, an interesting tidbit, which uh, it seems that none of the other main news sites are uh, talking about. So, uh, yeah, take it away, Seb. Now, this will be the uh, Hugo Award, will it? Yes, indeed. Excellent. Uh, well, um, yeah, uh, Doctor Who's won the 2006 Hugo Award for the dramatic presentation uh, short form uh, for the 2005 series, and that's the actual episodes The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances, uh, which was uh, written by Stephen Moffat and directed by James Hawes. Um, you know, which is a brilliant achievement for, for, for us to win the uh, Hugo Award. Um, but the other thing uh, is, is that Doctor Who also came second and third place as well. Second place went to Dalek, and the uh, third place went to Father's Day. So, I mean, they completely trounced that, um, that whole category. And I think, as James was saying earlier on, um, was it Serenity, James, that, that one? Yeah, the, I think... The long fall? Yeah, the, the film of the Firefly series, Serenity, I think, actually won the, the long form. But also, um, I think that the, the, the other contender to win the short form was a, an episode of Battlestar Galactica. That's right, if, yeah. If I, if I remember rightly. I can't remember which episode, but, um, you know, for a, a British uh, sci-fi series to come in there and swoop the Hugo Award from, from Battlestar Galactica, which... I mean, in previous uh, award ceremonies, has uh, wiped the floor with everything because it is a, a terrific show. Hmm. Is is it's no small feat, and I think uh, it's credit to um, the guys at the BBC and BBC Wales. Definitely, it just shows what a, a fantastic show it is, and that it's making strides in America, which is just terrific in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and the kind of money that's in Battlestar Galactica as well, I mean, uh, that episode actually was the episode called Pegasus, which was a hugely popular right. episode, by the way. Um, mm. And it was also up against a couple of others. I think one was a uh, Pixar animation called Jack, Jack Attack or something like that. Um, and another Lucas back in. Um, and, and uh, you know, Doctor Who, as, as you're saying, James, it's just completely taking over and it's, uh, it's doing phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. Well, because so uh, <laughs> it's cut. The, the, of course, we all know that the the second series, the 2006 series, is going to be coming out uh, at the end of September, September the 29th, uh, and they're repeating it many, many times, which is a, a fantastic thing. Um, but I mean, I've I've always wondered because uh, for Louis Ken, what nowadays, if you went to the the average man in the street, do you think that they would know they would be a aware of Doctor Who just from a British perspective because uh, it seems in the past that only uh, a very small amount of people would know what you meant if you, you said TARDIS in America. Yeah, I think that's still the case and, you know, I don't, because sci the Sci-Fi Channel is still pretty much a um, niche channel when it comes, it comes to the, the scope of all the different channels available in the US marketplace. So. Um, it's not as mainstream as if it was on one of the network channels here in the U.S., um, you know, like the, the, the four or five um, major networks that we have. But um, I, I think in time, maybe it, it will gain some more popularity in, in the States. And I, as I said, I think in a, in, a, in a recent podcast, once you once we're able to walk into like a regular mainstream store, like a Toys R Us and see Doctor Who merchandise, you know it's then mainstream. Right now, that's still not the case. <laughs> yeah, right. On, I'm, I'm on kind of... 
On the flip side, there there's a lot of uh, the word of mouth about the show. I think Doctor Who fans, um, it's something many of them at are encouraging, but but even on their own have spread the word that the Doctor is back and that they're turning their friends onto it. And oh, we're, yeah, absolutely. We're, we've definitely noticed a whole new generation of kids that couldn't possibly have even been alive when the show was on on PBS that are are. You know, on MySpace and things like that, that are into Doctor Who, and you look at their mm. age range—16, totally. 17, 19. Those are, you know, those are young kids who are getting turned on to the show. And there are still, I think, I think, because in, in in England we've got, I think we've got over that phase where there was a lot of closet fans, people that were afraid to admit mm-hmm. they were fans. But yeah. another great little thing, which um, just to sort of digress a little bit, last last year I got married, and uh, for the actual wedding speeches and everything, uh, a few secrets were let let. You know, my dad told a few secrets about me and how much I loved Doctor Who and everything. And uh, all of a sudden, these—it was in America, by the way—all um, these people started saying, "Oh, Doctor Who! Oh, they remember Doctor Who and everything." And it's just amazing how many people are like coming out the closet that they're big Doctor Who fans. So there's obviously <laughs> a big sort of underlying feeling over there that you know it, it is known, and uh, you know it, it was it was freely available for people to know about for such a long time. So I wonder how long it'll be until all these closet fans, like, totally come out and, like, uh, well, you know, they take over. You know, I think we have a better chance this time around for for a number of reasons. At first, originally it was on PBS, uh, hmm. and it was at the birth of the of cable television. Now That's cable right. has got, has a 20-year hold, 20-plus year hold uh, in American homes. Uh, Sci-Fi Channel is one of those channels that's one of the more uh, readily available channels. It's not, uh, it is a niche channel, but not so much, uh, let's say, like um, Discovery, uh, Discover Aviation, let's say, which is, yeah. in, you know, a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. I'll put it this way, uh, Sci-Fi Channel has a has a, a larger uh, um, viewing area than, than, let's say, BBC America. Well, yeah, it's it, it's actually owned by NBC, isn't it? The, sorry, the yes. isn't it uni- um, USA NBC Network? Universal. And- yeah. Um, yeah. And the second thing is that the production standards on the new show are higher and uh, a little, uh, you know, Americans like the glitzy stuff, and this is glitzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's nice to know because, um, you know, I, I always like to, the great thing about Podshock and, well, the internet in general is that you can learn about how the show's going down in other countries. I mean, uh, we've had reports recently from people in Norway and in Germany excited to be receiving the 2005 series and stuff. And that's what I like to hear because, you know, otherwise you just wouldn't know about that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, and actually, that's the third reason I believe that Doctor Who will do well in the States uh, is that now information, if, if you're curious about something, it's a Google away. Uh, to finding everything you need to know about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Where in the old days you had to go find a book or a magazine and be lucky to stumble across someone or something that can clue you in and answer some of your basic questions. Now, you know, you fire up the computer, it's all right there at your fingertips. There, yeah, there's so much uh, information just readily available, isn't there? I mean, it's like, as you say, uh, you know, it's right there at the end of your, your fingertips on, on, on a Google. It's just amazing how, how much information is out there for anyone. Anyone can find anything about the show on there. Yeah, we, we often spoke about this because Ken and I, going back to the beginning of the Gallifrey Embassy, how things were so much different back then because we were so pretty much isolated. Everything, you know, we, we had to, like, wait for tapes to come from England 
you know, before we could watch the new episodes and, you know, uh, where we would have friends in the UK, you know, ship us tapes and we would then watch it and all that. And you guys yeah. must be pretty patient then to, to, to have to wait for those tapes. Well, th- this was back in the day. We didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there were no other means. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, and at that time, pretty much fandom, as far as clubs go and organizations, were pretty much geographic because of, you know, that's, that's what you could handle was we, at that time, we were the Gallifreyan Embassy of Long Island because we were situated here on Long Island and, and that's the community that's where that our we, scope was. We, we, we serve. But now it's, it's a whole global community and Doctor Who fandom is a whole global community. And, and this is just thrilling for us because, um, as James had just said, we, we're getting information from Germany, Norway, and we have correspondents on our show right now that regularly contribute uh, from Canada and from Australia, and um, obviously um, we, we're, we're deeply connected to the UK. I mean, and we we never would have been able to uh, have James aboard, you know, just as an example. We, you know, someone like James would not be involved in our club had it not been for the internet. Um, and the the other thing uh, is funny. I was just thinking as Lewis was saying about well, we used to wait for tapes of the episodes. Now it seems like. 12 hours is a long time. Like, Lewis, don't you have this episode yet? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just well, so funny. Now we got to get a red-eye flight to England. And <laughs> yeah, whereas before it'd be like 12 weeks would be a good was, time to receive a new episode or whatever. If it was that's exactly tape. what it yeah. was, We were doing James. a Pony Express back then. And, you know, ponies going across the Atlantic Ocean just doesn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I do have to point this out while, while, while I'm here. I mean, it's, it's such a good thing that you guys can 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 have people from all over the world on this show and just all talk about doctor who it's just such a brilliant idea such a good concept um so i just want i just wanted to point out because it's just such a unique and, and brilliant opportunity for, for, for fans to do to be able to to, to all come together on one one uh, one, one, one station yeah yeah Thanks. and it's it's an honor to have you on the show because i know that you you run the biggest doctor who uh, website certainly uh, in out of the UK, as far as I'm concerned, that isn't done by the BBC, and it's fantastic that you've got such a uh, terrific set of forums there where anyone can register and log in and have interviews with cast members. And that really I mean, is just, brilliant. I mean, I struggle enough to keep up with my uh, with the forums at the Gallifrey Embassy, and I, I but I do regularly check in on the Doctor Who online ones and there's just so much stuff there it's it really is a complete credit to you mate it's I'll, I'll let you let you into a secret I barely have enough time to, to check up with everything sometimes because <laughs> there's uh, I tell you what there's so we just got off I think it was our 50,000th message the other day and uh, I was just saying to myself hang on a minute have I moderated 50,000 messages and I thought no uh-huh. I haven't <laughs> so there's probably a little few secrets on there somewhere yeah, <laughs> it's it's a mammoth task. It's an incredible site. It's very, uh, it, it it's very in depth, and there's just so much there to explore. And it's you know so a lot of credit you know to you on maintaining the site and and those that help you with it. Uh, it's an incredible venture. And and I just for our listeners, those that I'm sure everyone knows, but just in case uh, any new listeners that aren't familiar with it, it's Doctor Who one word hyphen online dot com, and that will bring you there. That'll actually bring you to. That'll actually bring you to a pharmaceutical drug company because they bought. They uh, they took the site off me. (laughs) No, I'm there right now. Yeah. Are you? 
Yeah. Well, are that... you sure it's not .co.uk? Oh, I tell you what, we we bought a, a longer version of the um, the web address a while ago, just just in case people typed in the long version of Doctor Who. But the the actual main one's drwho-online.co.uk. But we got the uh, the long version. But we used to be uh, drwho-online.com, but. As oh, I say, it was some right. Viagra company bought, bought it. Saying, can, you, can you get cheap? Can you get cheap Cialis on there? Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. I seem to find that a lot in my spam yeah. box. Inbox, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, it's, we've got such a trial with domain names going on now that Lewis oh, could tell gosh, you about. Yeah. That we we we're Podshock.net, and we tried to register Podshock.com. But some other guy registered. Oh, they're cyber squatting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Curse them. Well, but no, because you, you get such a, you know people get used to going to a particular web hole, and then all of a sudden some some drug companies coming up, and they're thinking, whoa, have they gone into a different line of work here, or you know? <laughs> but also, what does it say? I'm just worried what they think about Doctor Who fans that they'll need all this Viagra and stuff. It's, <laughs> it's worrying. But. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just so we can be clear, the other, the, the, I guess the main address, though, I, I do apologize for, um, Doctor Who, if you spell out Doctor, which, by the way, anytime I say Doctor Who, I always spell out Doctor. I, I never do the abbreviation, so <laughs> it's just for, for our listeners to know, and it, when I do say Doctor Who, I mean D-O-C-T-O-R. <laughs> but but uh, the, the main address then would be uh, www.drwho, or, or the, the abbreviated Doctor Who, hyphen online dot C-O dot UK, right? That's Indeed. The one. Indeed. Brilliant. <laughs> or you could just go to podshock.net and it is number one in our links section. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, is it? I didn't, yeah. No, I didn't. You guys know are that. like A number one as far as, uh, you know, oh. uh, when people who come to visit our site and they go to click over, visit other, you know, use it, use our resources to find other Doctor Who resources. You guys are the number one um, most visited from our site uh, well, by our that's, tracking. That's great. It's pretty Thank amazing. You Thank you very much. <laughs> So um, it seems like the news and the feature segment have just, uh, just kind of blended into one. Into one. So we're <laughs> so, going to roll with it. Yes. But I, I understand, uh, Seb, that your website has been online for a very long time, uh, if not longer than Outpost Gallifrey. So how did you get into you know, being a webmaster for a Big Dot 2 website? Well, it started off funny. I used to be, I still am into sort of like the paranormal and things like that. And I used to have a website called Truth UK where we just go around like places, and, you know, like most haunted, but it was sort of like an old version of that, really. And uh, then from there, I sort of like thought, well, hang on a minute, I'll do a Doctor Who website. And at the time, we were called uh, Doctor Who the Regenerative website, which is a bit of a mouthful, as you can, uh, as you can imagine. Mm. And then um, it was a chance meeting with Tom Baker. Uh, where I asked him if he could, uh, you know, plug the website for a little video documentary I was doing. And he said, uh, you want me to say what? And I said, uh, th say hello to Dr. Hood of Regenerative Website. And he said, it's a terrible name. It's an awful name. Why, why, why don't you call it something simple like Dr. Who Online or Egg.com or something like that? So uh, obviously I didn't call it Egg.com because uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be owning a, a credit card company right now. Uh, but then... Um, the name Doctor Who Online just stuck, and uh, ten years later, it, it's still still going. Awesome. Fantastic. That's, that's really interesting that uh, Tom Baker gave you your inspiration. And, for, and a yeah. wonderful impersonation, too. 
Um, <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you want good impersonations, I watched a. Um, I think it was uh, John Blum. He did a. Is it called Timeless or Time? Or something. Something with time in the title. And he does the most amazing impression of Sylvester McCoy. Have you Have you guys heard it? No. I I, I haven't. haven't. No. I'll have to it's check a, it out. It's a John Blum did a fan video ages ago, but um. It, oh, you've, you've got to uh, check it out. It's, it's, it's somewhere on the web somewhere. Type in John Blum and fan video and you'll come up with the most amazing fan video. It's just great. Oh, well, maybe we I'll should link to out. that in the uh, enhanced podcasts uh, yeah, so that the... all our listeners can click on that and see what you're on about. I'm interested to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> John's probably going to hate me now for, for plugging that. <laughs> I think it was before he was, it was his uh, Doctor Who writing fame. Uh, but uh, but it was really good actually for its time. You'll get lots of fan email now from Podshock listeners saying, "Can <laughs> you uh, send us one of your impressions or whatever?" Interesting. <laughs> so so essentially, Tom Baker named your website. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was it was you know, regenerative website was a long website. I mean, can you imagine registering that in this day and age? I mean, it would it'd be ridiculous. But yeah, he 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 was responsible for it. I'd say. And uh, it, it was such a simple idea as well when you think about it, you know, Doctor Who online. But, yeah. Hmm. Uh, it sounds very much like Tom Baker. We've heard other outtakes of Tom Baker. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that Seb's aware of and many I'm of sure our Seb listeners is. are aware of the <laughs> symphony outtakes, there's, which there's is a certain legendary. There's a certain one I remember with K9, but that's the one that we don't want to go there. As oh, well. yeah, that yeah. uses a lot of... Well, Symphony uses a lot of swearing, but to, that was really, really funny, the outtake when he's working with K9. I think K9. it's on YouTube somewhere if you... That's uh, right, yeah. If you want to check it out, youtube.com. We, perhaps we won't link to that in the Enhanced Podcast, <laughs> just for fear of, of uh, you know, people sending us lots of complaints. But, yeah, it is... If you're not of a nervous disposition, do go check it out. It is pretty funny to hear... <laughs> Tom Baker swear about K9 because, uh, as I understand it, he did get quite frustrated with um, it as a prop, shall we say? Mm, yes, but, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> Never work with tin dogs. No. Or tin tin children or tin animals in any description. Just, yeah, tin anything. <laughs> so I'm intrigued to know more about the the workings of your website because. It, it must be kind of like a full-time job for you to uh, continually update your website. And I know that you've got um, a Torchwood uh, website, Torchwood Online, that's going to be coming out kind of in the mm -hmm. future when we uh, first view Torchwood. So yeah. it, it really must be a difficult job because I know that Lewis, uh, he's our main webmaster for the, the Gallifrey Embassy, and uh, he has yeah. a, a tricky enough job when things go down and things... Uh, mess up from time to time as they do so it must be really difficult and almost like a full-time job yeah it is it's um i mean the, the thing is it's I, I i don't view it as difficult i just view it as necessary because for me it's like fun i love doing it but it's also serious in the fact that i feel that i've got something that i need to report to the fans you know i want it to be a, yeah. a, a place for fans to come to find all the latest news i mean outpost gallifrey is, is does does the same job as well i mean there's a brilliant site i'm and in no way would we want to compete with with that site. It's such a good site, but it's just an alternative. You know, you know, we've got di ten different types of uh, you know um, washing up liquids. So it's just an alternative. Sure. But, um, yeah. 
So I just want to clear that one well, up. <laughs> I mean, well, we take the same stance where, you know, we're, we're, there are other fan organizations and we always see it as a supplement, you know, that we're yeah. enhancing the fan experience. And, um, you know, sometimes we'll, you know, if another site is already covering a story to its fullest, we may not, you know, post the story ourselves because it's already being covered already or, um, you know, or, or we may take it on a different angle or, you know, so, you, you know, just giving fans more choices out there. And it's yeah, all absolutely. part of and, you know, exactly. the whole experience. You take it from it, a different angle or a different perspective. I mean, that's, you know, the more choices mm -hmm. you have, the better. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, it's like uh, the fans will go to one site and then go to the other site just to see if there's any other news. And it's great. It's, I think it's a really nice because it actually brings the community together. You know, you've got the American fans, you've got the British fans, you've got fans from all over the world. And they all just come together on these sites. It's just such a, a brilliant thing to be part of. I mean, and from my point of view, I just like, I just love providing that service for fans. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and just some of the emails I get, the, the non you know, Silas and the non-Viagra ones. Um, <laughs> I, get some wonderful, I get some wonderful uh, emails from people just saying, you know, thank you for doing the site. And I, I swear, if I got just one of those a year, it would be enough for me to want to continue the site. It's just so much pleasure I, I, I get from doing that. Um, mm. But as you say, James, it is a full-time job pretty much. I do, I, do, I do acting as well. But I'd be honest with you, the, the Doctor Who thing takes over at the moment. It's just so so time-consuming, but it's, it's, I'll tell you what, it's worth it. Mm. Seb, I have two mm. questions for you. The first is, you have, as many, um, many of the larger websites who run news stories um, have a lot of their own, like, inside sources. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you come to acquire those things and, and, yeah, you know, the, and how you, and, and the second part of that question is, do you view it like a journalist? Do you really consider yourself, you know, like, beyond just a fan do you actually hold yourself to a certain standard when it comes to these things yeah uh, well this is the thing i mean over time over the 10 years um you know we to answer part one we've we've you know we've had loads of emails from people we email people back and we we form relationships we sort of form relationships with other sites with people in the media industry like the sun newspaper and uh to entertain and bbc worldwide and through there you know we, we're, we're promoting their products for example and 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 then in 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 exchange they'll they'll give us news and information and things so um as far as as far as how i go about reporting it i, I report it as a fan but with a, a slightly serious tone, at the end of it is news that fans need to know. So I try to cut the jargon down and make it as simple as possible, but also try and put a bit of personality in it as well. So it's not just like, you know, this is the news, full stop. It's like, this is the news, uh, or oh, what a lovely day we're having sort of thing. So, so, do you see where I'm coming from there? Just to, just yeah. to add a bit, a bit of something into it. And that sort of like takes away a bit of the... Um, the sterility of, of 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 the reporting of the news. Mm, mm, mm. Because I know that you have um, several contributors to the news, even on the website. Um, mm -hmm. You're sort of the chief, the editor in chief, so to speak. So that's mm -hmm. always handy as well, I suppose. Yeah, it's uh, it's and it, this is brilliant. I mean, they, they actually make my job a lot easier. I mean, I've got a deputy editor, Christian. He does a wonderful job, uh, but. Um, the great thing is, is when I have the emails with people have, having done the work for me, having been out there, said, oh, Seb, we found the latest cover for you for, you know, the latest DVD or something. And I'm like, oh, great, brilliant, excellent. You've done the job for me. Thank you very much. Put a credit on the website. Uh, and, you know, that, that's the job done. It makes my job a lot easier as well. Mm. Um, 
so, you know. Also, I want to thank you, Seb, because you many times have you know brought to our attention breaking news and stuff that we could report on the podcast. That and, mm -hmm. and we, we you know kudos to you and bringing it to our attention and and making us known about it so that we could report it on it as well. So you know, in a sense, you're, you're passing it on or paying it forward, um, you know, as well. I'll tell you what, I like that expression, pay it forward, because it is, that's exactly what it is. It's helping everyone out. I mean, someone will, will pass me the information, I'll pass it on, and I think it, that, that's what it is, and it, it really makes the, the, the Dog Zoo community a bit stronger when, every, when you know everyone's helping each other out, and that is such a wonderful feeling. Well, it's only news if you're passing it on. If you're keeping it to yourself, it's not news. Exactly, yeah. It's, you, you know, if there's it's some not... information to be had, you, it only becomes news when you share it. Mm -hmm. Exactly, uh, and you know, and, and you, you know, some people say originally I got this news from Doctor Who Online or Outpost Gallifrey, and, and you know, and you'll get a credit or whatever. But the, the the important thing is is that you're passing that news on, so everyone knows the news, and it's it is such a wonderful thing, um, as you say, you know, paying it forward. Mm -hmm. It's it's always a strange thing in Doctor Who because it seems that. Um, in Doctor Who, in news, um, even things like, as you were just mentioning, covers are um, big news. And I th I've always thought that's a bit weird. I, I know Lewis and Ken have thought the same, um, because I guess there's just so much excitement about what's going on with the series at the moment and mm -hmm. um, getting people interested in the classic series. So. Yeah. Whenever a, a new, even a new um, cover to the next DVD or Big Finish Audio or whatever comes out, people are genuinely interested in it, and you know, oh, even yeah. that on on the the lowest level uh, of news is kind of exciting because it shows that um, really, I guess Doctor Who's a unique phenomenon in the fact that it's been around for ever such a long time, and it's also had quite a long hiatus. So it, you tend to find that um, fans like ourselves get excited to to know about anything to do with the series Definitely. whatsoever Definitely, because yeah. there was a time when there just was yeah, no was new doctor who and well, there was exactly not it that, was a void me, there that leads me to to a question of um when the new series was announced Seb was that the greatest moment as far as all the years you've run the website when when that news broke i mean was there was there a race to get that up on the web um, you know, was that, was that think, like the moment you were waiting uh, for? Um, first of all, it was like, oh, right, I'm going to have to add some new content to the site. This is going to be great, <laughs> you know, because uh, we've been talking about the classic series and the, the you know, the what ifs. I mean, I don't know if you remember, there was all that talk about the Atlanta-based company that was going to come mm -hmm. out with this new series, and then he had the TV movie. And but when when that news actually broke about the new series. Yeah, I mean, it was like, we've got to get this online. We've got to get all the fans to know that there's a brand new series of Doctor Who. And it was just the, the most amazing news I think we've ever reported on the site. And, uh, you know, thank God for that, for that, uh, for that announcement. Because I bet that your hits um, will have gone absolutely through the roof when, you know, people were hearing about this and were just yeah. like a new series of Doctor Who. Because um, I suppose that up until that point, I mean, I'm guessing that's because you've been online for a long time. I'm guessing that you came out in like 96 or something. So was that mm -hmm. like before or after the the Enemy Within or TV movie or whatever you want to call it? It was actually um, it was actually just after. I mean, in, in all honesty, the regenerative website was on a little bit earlier than that. I think that was on in about 95, but the, the actual full proper version of that came out in 96, and it was just after the TV movie. Um, so, you know, we had a bit, bit to report 
caught on that movie. But it was really, you know, because that fizzled out quite quickly. Um, I think everyone will remember that the whole the whole news about the movie fizzled out quite quickly when they said, right, nothing more is going to be done. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, what do we report? You know, so that's when we start pulling in like reviews and you know, just getting, you know, competitions and getting people to talk about fan videos and things, because it was for the, it was the fans that helped kept the show alive. And, mm. you know, sometimes we forget that, but it was. And, and the wonderful author, authors that wrote for, you know, the, the Missing Adventures and the, uh, you know, the EDAs and the PDAs, the Past Doctor Adventures and the Eighth Doctor Adventures. And, um, you know, that's what kept the series alive. So we thank them for the news, because who knows what would have happened if we didn't have that. Yeah, I remember that time, and, and I actually remember your original site, the regenerative site, um, very cl very clearly. And it was all Doctor Who fandom that kept Doctor Who interest alive on the internet because there were so many great Doctor Who fan um, sites that were there that, 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 you know, because there was nothing new coming out. And that, that's yeah. basically all we had was really, um, if you were on the net, you could, you, you can access these websites and, um, follow your passion this way, and um, even, I mean, I had my own little personal site that just had a Doctor Who section to it, and um, you know, and, and there were well these um, web wings for Doctor Who, and that's you, right. Yeah. And they were such a good idea as well. Yeah. I mean, it's like having links to each other was brilliant. Just having a network, and that was like before forums and everything, mm -hmm. you know. So that it was brilliant, um, but. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you there. No, no, no. I, I just think it's it's great that you know that you, that your site has you know has come this far and 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 has grown and and, and matured and you know and and it just go going from one extreme to the other where you know they, we're just kind of starving for Doctor new information and now all of a sudden it's it's so hard to keep up with it all because the news is just you know every day it seems to be like some new information coming out relating to Doctor Who and. Mm -hmm. It's just so hard to keep on top of it all. Yeah, it's definitely is. Yeah, I mean the other thing is, it's like I've grown up with the site. You know, I was 16 when when I started that site, and you know, 10 years later, I'm 26 now, and uh, and 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 obviously I'm having more news to do now than I did back then. But I, I I'm enjoying it even more. It's just so. It, 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 I I consider it a pleasure doing the site. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole key is is the passion for it, and that's what drives you. Because um, you know, it's, you're not getting rich doing this, and so mm -hmm. I mean, you have to have that passion. But the important no. thing is that the, the the important thing is to know that you're never bigger than the site. That you're you're never going to be bigger than the site yeah. is because yeah. it's it's to be honest, it's what everyone's put into it. It's not it's no longer my site. It's everyone's site because mm -hmm. everyone's contributed to it. Mm. Yeah. So. I, I think we feel the same way as well, you know, uh, with what we do. We yeah, were talking... Go on, sorry, Liz. No, I was just saying, you know, we're going back to the beginning with, with Dr. Podshock, and, you know, it's we, we always said it's just as much as your show, you know, as it is ours, yeah. you know, it's not... You know, it, it's really for fans, by fans. Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. Mm. I was going to say that we were talking before about um, how you'd forged relationships with... with other websites and other kind of companies relating to Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that it's interesting that on your main page of your site, you you have always a link to the latest issue of of Doctor Who magazine. Yes. Um, yeah. I presume that that's not endorsed by the magazine at all. That's just letting again another way of letting the fans know. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean. 
we, we don't get anything out of that from them. I mean, uh, we, we get on very well with the guys there, Clay and Tom and Andrew Pixley and everyone at the magazine there. Um, you know, they're, they're brilliant, lovely chaps, and I talk to them, you know, once or twice a month, and just, just about the, they send me the latest cover and news and everything. But there's nothing that I get out of it. It's, as I say, mm. it's just putting something on there for the fans so they can get the latest issue. And, oh, oh my gosh, that, that magazine has gone from strength to strength. It's just such an amazing magazine. I did, it, do you guys get it over there in the States? Do you, do you subscribe to it? Or? If we, mm. if we, if you can subscribe, it's very high. <laughs> the, the cost is very prohibited, you know, having it, um, having a, a um, subscription here overseas. Mm. But um, if you go to specialty shops or conventions, you can also pick them up or uh, there's, there's the, the doctor retailers online that you can get them from as well. Yeah. Mm. Because I know the that magazine really me, is, I mean, has, go ahead, Ken. No, sorry. It's made leaps Ken, and bounds. Sorry, yeah. yeah. No, I say the magazine. I agree with Seven. It, it's made leaps and bounds. I mean, the quality, the writing, um, has just you know each year has just become better and better. And the, I love the features. Some of them, uh, you know, they they've they've always been in depth, um, going way back to the beginning. But now the the quality of the of the record the reporting, the research behind the reporting, when it when it comes to the classic episodes, it's just just absolutely extraordinary. Mm. Yeah, definitely, because there's a good mix in there of old and new. You know, you've got the old series in there, and you've got the new series, and you've got the letters from the fans. It's just such a good little, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, it's like a industry in its own right. And then, then on the other side, you've got Doctor Who Adventures, which, which again, is, is a brilliant little idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but they're, they're recent figures. They, they have a thing called the ABC figures. They've exceeded their expectations on selling that magazine. That's just gone through the roof. Mm. Um, so that's done really well. And the, and the other thing is, is it's not just kids that are buying the magazine. I mean, it's obviously aimed at kids, but like you're getting ad- adults going out buying it just because there's a free inflatable Dalek on the front. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what's got a lot lot of people interested in it. I mean, even on our um, forums, uh, Sean Huckster, who regularly contributes to Podshock and is a uh, uh, a lovely chap. He was um, mentioning about, um, I, th- I think it was a TARDIS clock on one of the, uh, That's right. yeah, an alarm the clock. early magazines. Yeah, like an alarm clock or something. And loads of people were really excited about it. And lots of Americans were trying to find them uh, for a reasonable price on eBay and stuff. So uh, it's the, definitely the market is there, even though it is targeted at, at kids. Um, just even the, the kind of... Uh, excitement that's going on on the internet about it is just incredible and people really uh, are thrilled to have anything related to Doctor Who because I think it again it just has spawned from the fact that we had such a long hiatus for such a long time and people generally do love Doctor Who merchandise because Mm. it's well here in the UK I think it's a, a unique show in the fact that Everybody sits down and watches it on a Saturday night. It is the yeah, show to watch. There's, there's very few programs that you can actually say that that it's something that the whole family will actually sit down on and watch. And you know, and, and in this day and age of Game Boys and you know, PlayStation and all that, it's hard to get the whole family to sit down. But it's doing it again, like it did 20 years ago. You know, it's getting the family down in front of the in front of the TV every Saturday. So you know, hats off to them. Yeah, and also what's great about it is that people will turn it on even though they're, they're not really, they don't consider themselves to be a huge fan of the show. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, they just yeah. they just have it on because it's the thing to watch on Saturday night. Very much Definitely. like um, people have the lottery on to have the lottery results. People will watch Doctor Who even if it's on in the background and just kind of tune in and tune out of it if they're casual fans. Then I think that's why. I mean, it's so hugely popular here in the UK, and I part of me wants that to sort of transcend to America. I mean, I know it's huge in Canada and in Australia. Uh, almost as big as is here in the UK, but also another side of me um, wants uh, things to uh, kind of. It, the the great thing about Doctor Who is is that it is kind of a cult thing. It does have a very much a cult following, and I'd hate to think that it will be spoiled by um, you know uh, loads of people in America um, becoming. Uh, terrific fans of, of it you know it's, it's great to have that cult element so all the time there's this kind of you're torn between it you want the show to succeed but at the same time you don't want it to not be a kind of a cult thing anymore because yeah, there's something nice about that yeah, yeah. it is because otherwise you're going to have i think it's possible to have too much money pumped into the show as well because i'm sure i know that canada uh, helps us now and again with a bit of funding for the show, but I think if we get too much, then it's going to be it's going to it's not it's going to lose something that it's that it that it's had from the very beginning. It's going to lose its soul or something. Yeah, yeah. soul. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's there's something about it. Even though there's no wobbly sets or anything nowadays, it's still quite a simple. <laughs> it, it's still quite a simple, you know, idea in its own right. You know, there isn't too much that they've played around with. So, mm. um, yeah, hope they keep that. <laughs> No, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, and I think one of the things that uh, in, the, in the United States, the the lack of merchandising makes it exciting because it's, there's only a few things here and there. It's very easy to collect. Uh, I, I, Lewis and I have spoken many times, yeah. being Star Wars fans, that there's too much Star yeah, Wars it material. Gets so oversaturated, and then so it's no longer special anymore. I mean, it's it, not fair either, is it? Because you know, you don't know what to spend your money on, and yeah, it just gets too overwhelming if it's yeah. if it gets if it crosses a line too much and then mm. it's it's no longer unique and special if you know once it gets too much you know once there's like it's just i mean you go to a, you go to the store you probably can go come out with a different like a dozen different r2 d2 i don't know whatever you know inflatable r2d2s yeah <laughs> there's just like songs if, if a song is overplayed on the radio you get tired of it and yeah you know, the same thing goes with anything else but having said that, though, what I would be really excited about and what I am hoping that they will eventually get around to doing would be a Doctor Who video game. I think that, yeah. that, would, that would rock. Yeah, I don't there's, know how... um, there's a thread right now on our site and our forums discussing that. And on, on oh, right. one hand, Yeah, on one hand, people are saying that it doesn't lend itself really well to a, a video game. But um, I, I think anything's possible. And, I, 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 you know, it just needs a creative... Uh, team working on it to make it work, you know, because mm. it doesn't have, it doesn't need to be a shoot up bang bang game, you know, to be successful. They made the Godfather into a video game. Yeah, they did. You know, yeah, they did. I mean, but was it successful? That I mean, that's the key yeah, to making it. Yeah, entertaining it and fun. Her gameplay on it's pretty decent. So, you know, the, the whole idea that um, Doctor Who doesn't lend itself to a video game. It depends on what type of video game. It's well, there, there have been Doctor Who video games in the past. It's just been a, uh, such a long uh, time span since the last time that it was ever attempted. Uh, the last mm -hmm. time, to my knowledge, was a PC version of it, but there were Destiny games available of the on the... Um, yes, but there That's were cool. other games that came out for the Atari and the Amiga and going back to 
you know, the, the 80s as well, you know, um, in the early days of home computing. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I, obviously I'm not, none of us are privy to the, um, the download figures over at the BBC website, but what I loved about it was that they, every week they came out with a new game, even yeah. for a short while after the series had stopped. And I thought that was a really clever way to get people interested into Doctor Who because as soon as, you know, you see the cliffhanger or, you know, the next week's trailer, you just, as a fan, you're really looking forward to next week so you can mm -hmm. see, uh, especially if the episode's just been amazing, like The Girl in the Fireplace or, um, you know, uh, Rise of the Cybermen or something, and you want to know what happens next week. That's what's clever about it. And even those games weren't, like, hugely complicated or anything. But they but were, they were good because they were enough. simple. Yeah, and they were entertaining, exactly. and also that they, they were very well done. I mean, you know, like sort of 15, 20 years ago, you wouldn't be surprised to have those sorts of games on the shelves, and they'd have taken absolutely, probably years to develop. And, you know, now mm. it's great that with Flash and stuff, they can just do that, which I think is, is pretty awesome. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I think that it's one of those things that if Doctor Who gets big enough, it's bound to happen because... Oh, yeah. I mean, it I agree with you. I, I want one just as bad, you know, as you do. I, I just, you know, it just has to be done right, you know, and, and has to give the proper tr tender love and care that Doctor Who deserves. Mm. Mm. Yes, but we, you know, we've come out and said that we wanted a, a soundtrack for the series, and, and, and the fans were very vocal, and we got it. So I have, I have no doubt that a video game is on its way. Absolutely. It's, I think it is inevitable, and... Uh, it's just a matter of time, especially in America. And, and video games is like, I think video games now make more money than Hollywood does, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, the industry is making more money than, than, than the, the film business, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, especially you, know, you I, see the, the soundtracks and the actors and the, some of the people that are involved in video games, the top names are, are involved. You know, yeah. you can go out and buy a soundtrack to Grand Theft Auto. You know, yeah. who, 20 years ago, you would have said, oh, oh, I can get the soundtrack to Pac-Man or Donkey Kong. People would be like, what? <laughs> well, you yeah. just mentioned the actors being involved. I, I have no doubt that like someone like David Tennant wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't object to doing a video game because he's done, you know, other projects, you know, where he lent his voice to, you know, to Doctor Who material merchandise. I'm sure that's something that he would be excited to do. And that reminds me that I have a, a review of the audiobook of The Stone Rose coming up in a future episode. I, I got the oh, CD awesome. maybe, with David maybe we Tennant could, doing the reading, yes. Maybe we could coordinate our efforts then, uh, Ken, because I haven't uh, listened to the audiobook, but I've, I've read You've all read the, the book, three books. Sure. Yeah, and I'm, I, I've been meaning to do a review of it, but uh, we've, we've just had a bit more pressing things because... You know, you can get, um, you can do a, a book review anytime, whereas you can't get Seb on every week, or you can't get oh, Marquez on every week. Oh, no, no, of course, of course. So, yeah, well, that's something we should definitely hook up for the future. Definitely. So that's something but, to look forward to in an upcoming podcast. There sure. we go. But one of the things that I also love about Dot2 Online, Seb, is um, your weekly column called The Doctor's Diary. Which oh, right, yeah. Which is 
I like. I just like the style of it, the way uh -huh. that it's done. I mean, I don't know. Do you write that yourself, or is it? No, no, no. That's. I, I, w I would never take credit for that. That's down to Harry Hayfield. He's been with the with with the site all oh, for about seven years, and uh, it was initially written by Dale Who. I don't know if you guys have heard of Dale Who, but he's a he's a Dalek um, rebuilder. He like rebuilds Daleks and uh, mm -hmm. and um, Tardises and things. He's a wonderful uh, prop. Uh, rebuilder as well and he's actually d writing another uh, fi uh, column on the site but I'll go back to the Doctor's Diary it's basically like every week uh, Harry will review an episode of Doctor Who like from the classic series um, and he'll really go in depth and you know talk about the whole thing and what happens and then he sort of opens opens the uh, floor up for everyone like fans to, to post on our forums or send emails and tell us what they thought of the episode uh, so we got a big sort of like uh, discussion going about each episode too and then uh, on the other side of things, you've got Psychic Paper, which is our other sort of uh, weekly column, uh, and that's written, by, as I say, by Dale Who. And he each week he sort of talks about various Doctor Who topics, you know, various sort of ramblings. But it's really good ramblings, I have to, I have to add. Uh, and then he uh, he sort of reviews a Doctor Who merchandise, a piece of Doctor Who merchandise. Uh, this week he did the USB, the TARDIS USB port. <laughs> I want that. That looks awesome. Yeah, it does. So, I've always wanted to have a TARDIS on my desk, but I've also I felt like it would be a bit, you know, either too geeky or not geeky enough. Oh, I think no, that's just an amazing idea. There's no such word as too geeky, I think, especially for us. Especially for us I four. I tend to agree, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know I mean and he rates them each week as well so I mean I think that got seven out of ten this week so that's not too bad and then again he he are, he poses a question each week like if you were a Dalek who would you exterminate and why and there was a very funny one last week I think it was where he said uh, uh, who 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 would you kill Adric or uh, or some other companion <laughs> unfortunately Adric, Adric got the every day <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was anyone that didn't <laughs> go for Adric <laughs> and what but, uh, do you know what the uh, what the outcome of it was. I bet it was like 90-odd percent or something. It was 100%. <laughs> I kid you not, it was 100%. So, That's brilliant. That's so, brilliant. Cause Matthew, if you're here, if Matthew Waterhouse, if you can hear us, uh, do apologise, but uh, Adric is no more. No. But I don't think that's a reflection upon Matthew Waterhouse. I just think that, um, like Adam no. in the 2005 series, he his character was just one that people kind of loved to hate, and mm. uh, you know I don't think it was uh, uh, his portrayal. I think that it was because of his portrayal that he was this the sort of character who was um, like it's kind of a bit like Star Trek, I think, in the Wesley Crusher. Oh, no, well, every, yeah, that's it. Yeah, everybody that kind of used to hate. Yeah, everybody used to hate Wesley Crusher because he was the geeky. Clever. You know, yeah, he was he was just such a, a brat and everybody he had the answer to everything and I don't think I think that's why people didn't like Adric as well. That's mm. certainly why I didn't like Adric. I yeah. mean Lewis and Ken will tell you of the many times that, that I've said I, I I cheered when Adric died, which <laughs> Did anyone see It was years see? later before James realized that it was no sound no music at the end credits during um the Earth Shock because he was oh, too busy laughing and laughing cheering. Too hard, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the special feature on the uh, Earth Shock D V D the little claymation <laughs> that was brilliant, absolutely. Because Earthshock's one of uh, Ken's favourite episodes, yes. hence why 
Pod mm. shock, Earth shock, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name. Namesake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Excellent. but that was that was very funny, and uh, even uh, you know we were talking about Rose spin-off at the start of the pro of the show. Um, I think someone offered an Andrick spin-off. I can't remember what it was called, but I just thought that was a re- like it was like Earth Pancake or something like that. <laughs> I just thought it was really really funny, really really funny. So, so Seb, we would be remiss if we didn't mention all the fine uh, Doctor Who. Uh, actors and personalities that are contributing to your site that are part ah. of the forums and um, how, how is that I mean are they there all the time or during certain um, time well, segments and... they're all um, basically what, what we've got um, everyone's on there indefinitely apart from Eugene and Terry because I think they're very very busy at the moment so they've so they've answered asked they you know had their questions uh, asked and answered so they they've been archived but everyone else is on there indefinitely for the meantime so um, a lot of them have sort of emailed me saying they find it therapeutic and they love the, the you know that that kind of hands-on interaction with the with, with the with the fans so um yeah we've been very lucky we had Paul McGann log on last last saturday to answer some questions yeah i couldn't believe it i was just on looking on the forums and i I said you've got one new member paul mcgann i was like no this is brilliant (laughs) so it's quite it's quite great and colin i talked to a um a fair bit as well and he's a wonderful guy i mean he you know his he he was very hard done by but um Mm -hmm. you know by the bbc but he he's he, he he Look, looking back uh, uh, over his series, he he takes everything on the chin so well, and he he's mm-hmm. just he's just such a wonderful personality, he really is. So, um, and we just got um, Bonnie yes, Langford confirmed today. Bonnie Langford, who worked mm-hmm. with Colin, um, she conf- we got confirmation from her today. So uh, we'll be adding her uh, later on in the week to to, to the forums as well. Awesome. Well, I, I know we we have mentioned it in the past on our show. You know the, mm-hmm. uh, some of the people that you can meet there. Uh, for those that haven't heard, uh, could you give a, a a summary of of a rundown? Yeah. Yeah. No worries. We've got um, Paul McGann, uh, Colin Baker, Sophie Aldred, uh, Deborah Watling, John Levine, uh, Nabil Shaban, uh, Yi Jitso. Um, so that's all of the actors. And then we've got a couple of members of the production team. We've got The Mill, who do all these special effects on the mm. new series. Uh, we've got John Older, who's the, who was the uh, new series' first assistant director, I think, on series one. Uh, and then there's some writers. Uh, today we've got Joseph Lidster, who he, he's, he actually did a... He's done loads for Big Finish, but I didn't realise he actually wrote a lot of the uh, spin-off websites as well. You know, like we were talking about earlier on, James, the BBC spin-off sites. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like the cyber industry stuff and all that. That's kind of right. Well, he he actually wrote a lot of those. Um, so I, I was actually quite impressed that this guy, who's who's uh, written all these like audio plays and has has actually had a couple of acting roles in a couple of them, and then he's, he he turns his talents to writing writing websites as well. It's brilliant. Um, but anyway, Joseph Lister, he's he's on there. We got uh, Paul Mars, the author, um, Martin Day. Uh, Colin Brake, Dale Smith, uh, we've got Simon A. Forward, Mark Michalowski, Jean-Marc Lefissier, uh, Craig Hinton, Paul Parsons, and Des Skin. So that's the authors and writers. Wow. And then finally, we've got the illustrators. We've got Alistair Pearson, Daryl Joyce, and Lee Sullivan. So, um, you know, we've got a few Kate, to be going on. you to yeah. choose from, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, feel free to ask them, you know, any, any, any questions you want and... 
you know, it's just it's just basically what we're trying to do is get as many of the celebrities on there as possible, so, so that you know we've got a community of celebrities on there as well. And as as we were talking about earlier as well, you know, it's bringing everyone together. And uh, uh, and even the uh, it's the great thing that I noticed last week was that some of the celebrities are asking questions to each other, <laughs> which is which is great. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so, great because it gives um, fans a opportunity to ask these questions because many. I mean, we do interviews as well, and, and but we can't ask mm -hmm. every question imaginable. So this is a great opportunity and outlet for Doctor Who fans to really um, ask, you know, some questions that maybe other interviewers aren't asking, and um, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's a great opportunity for both the the fan and the uh, the actor or professional technician, you know, to. Um, to speak to their audience. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a good, good opportunity for them, and it's um, the the other thing is again we, we get a few thank you sort of emails saying how much they they love the opportunity of doing it, and and the the other thing that I notice is how how polite all of our visitors are. They they after they've had their question asked answered, they'll always like post saying thank you very much for answering you know answering my question, and it's it's just quite nice that everyone's you know quite quite well behaved on there. Yeah. So well, I'm quite fortunate that in that way, but. Yeah, which yeah. isn't always the case on the internet, and so I mean we're we're very th we're we have to say with our site we're uh, very thankful that everyone keeps you know uh, it, it keeps decorum you know mm -hmm. and everyone's you know pretty friendly so it, yeah. it's a kudos to you know to, to the community yeah indeed yeah indeed. definitely. So, speaking of the community, um, we've got uh, a few feedback emails this week. Um, so, I think we should take a, a short break as mm -hmm. uh, we kind of bled straight from news into the feature segment with our interview with Seb. So, I'd, before we get into the feature segment, Seb's going to be staying with us on the show. But uh, on behalf of uh, Lewis and Ken and myself, I'd just like to thank Seb ever so much for appearing yes. on the show tonight. Yes, thank you very much. No problem. Right, and, um, it's been and great to talk to you, and uh, hopefully and we'll have a, a bit of a, uh, yeah, and hopefully we'll foster the the relationship between uh, uh, both Podshock and Doctor Who Online in the future. So we'll Definitely. see um, more linking and stuff between the two sites because, as as Lewis has said, if we have a guest on the show, uh, you know, it's great that if if they wanted to ask them a particular question, they can head over to your forums and. Mm -hmm. You know, ask them a question that perhaps they uh, that we didn't ask. You know, definitely. So I mean, and, and from a very cool person, thank you guys as well. I don't want this obviously to seem like we're just thanking each other, but I genuinely mean it. You know, you guys have been so kind uh, as far as your promotion of our site as well, and you know, anything we can do for you guys as well. I mean, you you provide such a unique service to fans, and uh, you know that should be encouraged. Cheers, mate. That's great. No worries. No worries. So, we'll be right back after a short break with more Doctor Who Podshock. You're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. This is Colin Baker. Are you passionate about your movie watching? Do you know more about Star Wars than you do about your mother? Is Peter Jackson your favorite hobbit? Do you refuse to acknowledge the existence of any Godzilla movie that stars Ferris Bueller? Well, fear not. Now folks like you have their very own podcast, Cinema Slave. It's a weekly show dedicated to the passionate discussion of all things film, science fiction, fantasy, horror, foreign film, Hollywood classics, and everything in between. 
Cinema Slave. Check it out at www.cinemaslave.com or through iTunes. Just search on Cinema Slave, that's one word, and click subscribe. So simple, even a Gungan can do it. Excuse me. And we're back with Doctor Who Pachak, and once again with me is uh, James in the UK, and we have Ken here in the US, and our special guest for this episode is Seb from Doctor Who Online.co.uk. From um, the UK, but in the States today? Is that the scoop? <laughs> are, are you in the States today? What, me? No, no, yeah. no. I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in London at the moment. Okay. Uh, Direct from London, it's Seb. <laughs> Separate from Doctor Who Online. <laughs> I could be in the US if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to uh, go into feedback, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to hand it off to James, because James has um, a couple feedback um, um, messages he wants to relay to us, yeah. to, to our listeners. We've not, um, we've not uh, had any voice uh, comments uh, this week, but just as a reminder... You know, you can always head over to our Podshock public call box. Um, the uh, the number escapes me. It's two zero six eight 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 four nine four six. If memory serves, I think yeah, that's right. Is that right, Lewis? Yeah. The the ending is also for who, and that's what the four nine four six bit is all about. So you can send us voicemail that way. Of course, you can email us at podshock.net. You can either just type or you can send us a, an audio uh, comment if you have a mic and all that sort of stuff hooked up to your computer. But we've got uh, some feedback from Germany this week, and uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your uh, name right, but uh, please excuse me if I'm not. I think it's Marika Brunning or something along those lines. And she says, Hi, Ken, James and Lewis. My name is Marika, known as OG on OG, so that's obviously Outpost Gallifrey, as Fleur de Lis, and I'm a 20-year-old gal from Germany. I just got into Doctor Who this January when I stumbled over the title and thought that it sounded interesting. On that fateful evening when I watched the Sycorax almost invade London, I fell in love with this show and David Tennant's Doctor. One week later, I had watched all the episodes of the first season, and another week later, I had converted my Trekkie boyfriend into a fan. By now, I've converted more than three uh, friends into fans, bought the first season box set and a bunch of classic DVDs, as well as two hours of great... Uh, a whole bunch of EDAs, I should say. I have been a big fan of your podcast, which has provided me with some interesting information and hours of great entertainment every week, especially now that I'm waiting for my new favorite shows to start airing again, Doctor Who, Torchwood, and Life on Mars, which, incidentally, I'd have never found out if it wasn't for Doctor Who. I can't wait for Doctor Who to come to German TV. Life on Mars will air in January on Cable Line. Thanks for the entertaining, the fans, and uh, congratulations from a German fan for 50 glorious episodes. Cheers, Marika. P.S. Since I might boost my chances on getting on the show by including a question, which monster from the old series would you most love to see returning? Personally, I'd love to see the Ice Warriors. 
So thanks a lot for that uh, email, Riker. Um, it's it's great to, um, to see that you got interested in the show from the Christmas Invasion because I would have thought personally that would have been quite confusing to get the to, to the grips of the storyline if you'd never seen any of the the first series. But that's awesome, and also great that you've converted uh, so many uh, of your friends to the show. Um, I know that we've got loads of German listeners who are really excited to uh, to to the, the 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 first series coming out on the German television, but uh, I'm just going to put it out there. If, if anybody does get the chance to record it, I wouldn't mind seeing the German dubs because Mike Duran, our Canadian correspondent, sent in uh, uh, sent me in uh, a couple of episodes from the first series which were dubbed in French, which was really quite cool and which I really enjoyed. So if anybody wants to send me some German stuff, I'd really enjoy that. But anyway. Um, Favorite monsters that I'd love to uh, see come isn't, back. Isn't to. the German dubs the one that have Mickey Mouse voices for the Daleks? Yes. <laughs> There's the, the, if you go onto YouTube and, and type in uh, German uh, Doctor Who or German Daleks or something like that, um, you can see. It, uh, I think it was of the Five Doctors. There was a clip of the Five Doctors that Mike was telling me about that I saw. Um, it really was quite hilarious. The Daleks weren't scary at all. It was bizarre the way that they changed the voices obviously they couldn't get the effects right but hey um as for monsters i i don't know it's quite a difficult uh decision um i don't know guys what would you like to see on the on the well if we're speaking show? like iconic monsters you know like the ones that have you know we returned several times in the past or at least once before or, or you know one-off monsters or something like that i i that would probably be harder to you know to pick, but I, as far as like the iconic ones, I, I thought I think it might be interesting to see the maybe the sea devils and the silurians again. I or, agree one hundred percent, Lewis. I yeah. was thinking, about to say the silurians and the sea devils. Yeah, yeah I, I was I thinking the silurians, or you know, I think it might be interesting to see um, one of the aliens, which I always thought was hilarious and was probably the worst Doctor Who monster ever done was. Um, the Rutans, you know, and the horror of Fang Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the, the big jellyfish. And so, for me, um, I, I'd have to say the Zygons, because I thought ah, they were, they were yes. a classic, classic. Mm -hmm. And there's actually been rumours recently, in recent mm -hmm. days, that, that uh, well, this that, is just rumour, so yes, I'm not saying yeah, it's true. The same. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. That the um, that the zygons are going to be done, but CGI'd uh, by by the mill. I mean, this is just again just a rumor, but that would be interesting. It'd be you know that they were only in one episode, as as far as I recall, um, and they deserve more, I think. Yeah, they were only in one episode, but they they, they somehow achieved like a sort of a Doctor Who iconic status, even yeah. though they they were only in one episode. I, I guess because of the visual look of them and. Uh, and I don't know. Is they they do seem like every time you see Doctor Who monsters, there's some you know they're usually included in in you know in there somewhere. Mm. And that and that I mean that story alone was just such a good story. And I think I think it was because of the quality of the villains in in that 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 episode that made it such a yeah. such a such a classic. So bring them back. I, I also think that another popular one that might come back would of course be the Centaurans, maybe. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they yeah. were a very popular um, monster from the classic series, which I'm sure a lot of people would like to see come back. See yeah. them updated and see what they, you know, what they might do with them today. Yeah. But if if they were to come back, I think it would be better if they got rid of the whole 
the way that that they can be killed, I just thought was daft as a kid. Yeah, the, the whole the slit behind the, the back neck. of the neck, yeah. yeah, that just never sat well with well, me. Well, they they did do it with the new Cybermen, they, the alternate universe Cybermen, or Pete's World Cybermen. They they seem to do the, did away with the gold dust. Yeah, you know, I like that. Element. I like that. So, um, but I, I don't know. It was a really interesting question. Um, what do you guys think to the fact that she got into Doctor Who through the Christmas Invasion? I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's because it's it's kind of like an it, usually with the regeneration, you've already you know you've already established who the old Doctor was, and I think coming in on a story like that and for it to capture her so quickly is is, is brilliant. It's good that she that that that, that it worked. Ken, did did you first get into Doctor Who with the Peter Davison regeneration? Yes. Uh, oh no. It was in you know a few episodes of Doctor Regeneration, and if oh, no, I, you're breaking up, Ken. If hello. All right, go ahead. Maybe. Am I still breaking up, Lewis? Now you're no, doing you're better. Fine. Okay, I I remember um, if if I remember the chronology correctly, uh, between Legopolis and Castrovalva, uh, WNJN snuck in the five doctors because they had just obtained the rights to it, and that sort of explained the whole multi-doctor thing to me a bit. So in that respect, I, I was a little bit fortunate that um, so, you know, there was a way of kind of piecing it all together. Uh, but I I agree. I, I think I think Song for Ten is probably what made her um, a fan of Doctor Who. <laughs> going to the such a good <laughs> song, wasn't it? Yeah. Class, class. Yeah, anyway, um, we've been kind of talking about the Christmas Invasion, which kind of brings us nicely into the next email, which is from uh, a chap called Kyle, and he says. Um, with all this talk about the second series and the Christmas Invasion coming to the Sci-Fi Channel and later on to DVD, what happened to the Children in Need mini-episode? Will it be added to the Christmas special or will we never see it again? I think it needs to be seen as it perhaps helps bridge the gap between the parting of the ways and the Christmas Invasion. What have you guys heard or know? Keep up the great podcast, Kyle. Um, and I think this is also um, in reference to the Sci-Fi Channel. I hope that they shove it in there on the Sci-Fi yeah, Channel. Yeah, I, I fear that they won't, and I, I don't think it's part of the package season. You know, I think it's 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 um, I, I you know I, I think it's pretty much not part of the. Even though it does carry on the storyline, uh, it may be released hopefully on the DVDs. But I just um, I'd be very surprised if the Sci-Fi Channel shows it. I'm going to point to the Sci-Fi sh channel showing or not showing it to indicate whether we can expect it on the DVD box set or not. And I think with the Sci-Fi channel going with a 90-minute time slot, uh, Lewis had mentioned about padding before, and, and they may not have a choice. They may need those extra four or five minutes. No, uh, they'll fill it up with, ad with adverts. <laughs> this is the Sci-Fi channel. Ken, have you taken a leap of your senses? <laughs> Oh, we lost Ken. I shouldn't have insulted him. He's yeah. taken leave. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a momentary lapse of reason. Now. Not in service at this time. Now, now I got, now. <laughs> now you now, got time in my head. Now you got time in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Is Ken coming back? Is Ken there? Ken. 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 Hello. I'm in Ken. Okay, oh. you're you're back. I think. Ken. Yeah, I'm here. All right. No, we lost you there for a minute. Comfortably oh, no. numb. <laughs> Coming in and out. Anyway, 
Yeah, what were you saying about it, mate? Go on. What was I saying about what? <laughs> <laughs> the sci-fi channel and adverts. Uh, yeah, just, just, just. You just were saying that it. they would need to fill the time to fill the ninety-minute um, slot. Yes, I, I think they would. You know, they may need those extra four or five minutes to pad that story a little bit further. I, I, I don't doubt that they want to put in as many ads as they possibly can, but uh, I think. Uh, I'm hoping. Well, I think that'll be an indicator as to whether we can expect it on the DVD or not. We're going to get mm. promos for, you know, Ghost Hunters and whatever. Uh, Wrestling. Game. Wrestling. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, so um, I don't know. We'll, 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 hopefully they will, but we haven't heard anything of that, you know, and when yeah. we do, we'll, we'll let our listeners know. It may even be that it's uh, on the 29th that we find out on, when it's finally aired on the Sci-Fi Channel. But uh, who can say? Who can say? I mean, from our side of things here, I mean, we we have heard that it's going to be included on the uh, Christmas box set. I mean, that's the, 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 the you know the one that comes out for series two. We've heard that it will be included on there, but there is no news as as far as the the, the American uh, series two box set goes yet. But uh, well, I don't think it has been shown in Canada either, to my knowledge. Mm. I know they did show the Christmas Invasion, the the proper episode, but I don't believe they showed the Children in Need segment yeah mm, so if that's any indication I don't, I don't think it's going to be on the sci-fi channel mm, mm. but we can always hope but i i doubt it i guess it's not that big of a leap that you need to take but it would be nice to see it any any continuity that you can bring to the show is always a good thing i think yeah exactly um but um, i don't know i mean two minds as to whether they will or not whether they can get the rights for it i suppose but well, it'll be we'll, great we'll if it's on the DVD, see. and it will give people an incentive to buy the DVD as well. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Anyway, moving on to um, it's uh, an email with the subject "girl in the fireplace," and it's from a chap called Stephen. So he says, "Hi guys, I've taken to listening to Podchock after the reviewed episode have screened here in Australia. Uh, I felt moved to tell you that I agree with Ken. At least I think it was Ken." that The Girl in the Fireplace was a great episode. The final scene was great. It's a classic short story device to have a punchline like that. Lewis, I think, observations about the uh, clockwork androids weren't unreasonable, but the damage to the ship was random, so they used whatever materials and technologies that were available to repair the ship and themselves. It was just luck that they still had what was needed to create the time portals. It's been over 25 years since I left the UK, but it seems that sorry mate can't get the uh, the parts is still the stock excuse preferred by tradesmen in that part of the world. <laughs> I, I, did, I did agree with Lewis that the uh, mind meld was a bit of a joke. Have you found any history for this ability? But it did make the story work. Without it, Renette's relationship with the Doctor would have been different and wouldn't have had the... Uh, exposition of the Doctor's loneliness, or re-exposition as the case may be. And yes, I'm sure that the Doctor did fall in love with Renette. Uh, why didn't he use the TARDIS to see her again before he died? Uh, before she died, I should say, because he didn't. The temporal paradox issue is bound to come up now and again. In time travel stories, you can either make things come out of the same, uh, despite a desire to change history, or force a different outcome especially if someone's already caused a change, which ever suits the story best. This was just an aspect of that concept. 
For as long as I can remember, my recollections of the Hartnell years are patchy. There has always been some flexibility in the Doctor's backstory. When did the whole Time Lord thing start? Another one thing, I'm not sure if any of you uh, are Mac users, I suspect at least one of you are, but take a look <laughs> at, and he gives uh, the Time Machine link, uh, of course, from Leopard. About halfway through the demo movie on the Apple website, note the name that's typed in. This isn't something I noticed myself, but people are suggesting it's not a coincidence. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I've not noticed that. Uh, you keep podcasting and I'll keep listening. But can I just say that the one-hour shows were tighter and more entertaining? I know you need some extra time to review uh, Series 2 recently, but a more, a more discipline makes for a better product. I don't want the highly structured and formulaic world of commercial radio, but please don't fall to the level of three guys talking in a bar, which is uh, all some podcasts manage. Thanks and regards, Stephen. P.S. James's voice is much older than his face. <laughs> well, you know, I travel in time. That's all I can say about that as to because of my uh, voice being older than my face. But yeah, what do you guys think about this? The, yeah, I think what, your that, voice uh, is older than your face, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I, I actually, before I, I, I saw James, I, I just I heard James through his the James Norton podcast, and um, I, I, was, I just assumed you were older, not that it makes any difference, but... Um, it, it, your, I guess your voice does have a more mature sound to it than, um, than but like I said, in the end, it, age is just a number. <laughs> well, the doctor I mean, knows that. <laughs> I, was, I was meaning more of what you guys thought of the girl. I know, I know, I know, I know. We, we know that Ken absolutely adored this episode, and I have to say, after re watching it, I, I adored it to begin with, but I, it just gets better and better every time I watch it, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I know that Ken's comments are, are always incredibly uh, relevant because um, he, he's watched it like, what, how many times do you reckon you've watched it now, Ken? Like 50 100. or 60 times? A hundred times. At God, least. At least. <laughs> yeah, so um, interesting comments there. Um, you guys got anything to, uh, to say about that? Well, I, I mean, I agree that we're, we're all, you know, as we said in the past, as far as the, the whole time, times structure of the show we're, we're trying to make it tighter and um you know not as prolonged and um and we agree that you know we want to make it so that it's entertaining but not um you know not find the strict guidelines of a radio show or you know we're, it's a podcast so we do have some freedom to you know um do things longer if need be but uh, but at the same time <laughs> we try not to be three guys just going on endlessly in a, in a pub though <laughs> so it could sound like that at times <laughs> well, I'm an advocate for a, a tighter, you know, and slightly shorter podcast. Being that we're going on three and a half hours right now. Yes. And my well, not for this particular episode. episode we're, <laughs> we're doing two back to back. I'm bleary eyed already. <laughs> so I, I guess that is a good indication to wrap things up. Mm. What made you yep. bleary eyed? Just just to let you guys know, I've, I've clicked on the time machine thing, and uh, they type in rows, so there you go. Maybe it's not a coincidence. A, yeah, a exactly right. Exactly right. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, and thanks once again, Seb, for being part of the show, and much appreciated. No worries. Thank you for having, having me. Thank you for letting me be part of the show. It was, it was a great fun. 
grand. Fantastic. So uh, we'll see you again next time for another exciting episode of Doctor Who Pod Show. Cheers. Cheers. Listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run GallifreyanEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net.